Hi, welcome to The Creative News, the podcast about finding your passion and making a career out of it. I'm Alex. I'm Cameron. This is episode four. Let's get into it. Um, so the topic today, we're talking about energy, where do you find it from, what do you do when you run out, and probably leading to a few other little topics that we discussed as well. Sometimes you run out of it and you need it because you need to power through some work or find a new, fresh idea. Um, where do you find your energy when you're in these moments, or do you just kind of keel over and let it pass? Well, when you're, when you're in a valley... When you're in a valley, when you're in a rut. Music is my probably first and foremost go-to place. No, actually. Music and silence, two opposites. Wow. Because the music is like the instigator of the thought because I suddenly, I just get lost in whatever track I'm listening to. And I'm listening to jazz or piano music, contemporary piano. That instigates a thought. Then once I'm in my thought mode or thoughtful state, I'll then cut off the music and just have silence and let those thoughts germinate into something. I kind of had the flow, but then I just jumped off the ship. I was like, <laughs> Alex, no! And then I just jumped off. But yeah, silence and music, those two things, have a pen Have a pen in my hand, and then start writing. Cool. That's what I do. Cameron, what do you do? So, for me, I would say there's probably three things. The first one is if I want a quick boost. Quick boost? Coffee. Cough. Coffee? Yeah. Just like, just re-energizes me, makes me excited. Um, I do use coffee probably a bit more as a stimulant than I should have, I should do on a day-to-day basis, but it gets me pumped, it gets me energized, and, you know, I just try not to be too dependent on it and maybe avoid drinking it late in the evening because it tends to keep me awake very late. That's weird because coffee, to me... It makes me sleepy. Really? Extremely sleepy. So oh. if I'm having coffee, that means I'm going to go to bed. Oh, it's the opposite for me. And those of you who watch the Instagram stories, you might see coffee is quite a regular character. Very regular character. <laughs> regular character. <laughs> what was it? Love it. <laughs> uh, the other one then, sort of related to coffee, is hydration in general. So many times in the day, I've kind of got to about sort of three o'clock and I'm just like, oh, why am I feeling so groggy? And I realize, because you haven't drunk enough water, Cameron, why haven't you drunk enough water? Um, so I will, you know, quickly down some water because it just makes you feel like re-energized again, not so like dry and like kind of out of energy. Mm-hmm. That's where I find anyway. But what about uh, mental energy? So you want, you, you want to do some work but you just can't find it in you to do that. So you're all hydrated, you've had your coffee, but then the energy to physically put to put pen to paper or idea to action, yeah. where does that come from? So norm- normally for me that then just, just comes because I'm excited about it. Um, if I have to force myself to do it, if it's something I'm not so excited about but I know I need to do it, I think I, what I'll do is I'll generally set a timer and I'll just make sure I do it for that length of time. And along with that timer, I will also shut off things like notifications, put my phone in airplane mode, make sure I like isolate myself. I'll also maybe take myself to a different location. Mm-hmm. So I'll go to like a coffee shop or the library or stay at home or something like that. Somewhere where I know I'm in control of my time and I'm not going to look for distractions to take me away. So change location, airplane, airplane mode is an interesting one. Yeah, I think I've mentioned that on the podcast yeah, before. Episode two or something? No, yeah, episode two I think you mentioned. Yeah, I do like going into airplane mode because you just know you're not going to get distracted. And I think so much of our distractions come from all this like buzzing of our phones or just, oh, I'll quickly check Instagram or I'll quickly check this. Whereas just having that little 
mindful block because obviously I could just go on my phone and turn airplane mode off. Yeah. yeah. But what it does, it gives you that extra step to think. Mm. Oh, I consciously have to turn airplane mode off to get to that thing. That means I shouldn't be on that thing. But what about um, getting the creative, creative juices flowing? So one, I think it was like two weeks ago, we were going to do a sprint, but the energy wasn't quite there to do a proper one. Whereas literally the previous week or two weeks before that, the energy was so pounding. It's like there was literally like we were in a furnace of stuff. There was so much happening, slamming things on the whiteboard, the time was going everywhere, it just, everything wasn't just a light. How do you get to that kind of stage when, you know, you want to do it, you're there ready, your pens in your hand, um, but just nothing's happening. Well, how do you get those sparks? What what tactics do you use? Wow, to, I, w- to I wish I knew the answer to that one too. No, it's hard to say, isn't it? I think like some of it is obviously you just got to be in the zone, in the mood for it. Sometimes um, if you learn something particularly that week, like I know the week before that sprint that we were super excited on, I had been reading sprint that week and just getting so like hyped on it. So really like, surrounding yourself in, in the work, get excited about it. Like look at people doing it online, um, look at tutorials like eat live breathe the stuff and that tends Ooh. to get you excited about it I like that eat breathe live the stuff the thing yeah, right do it like because if, you, if you're passionate about it like you'll want to do that previously I was talking about times when you, you just gotta do something so like maybe it's like writing up about things or doing something get, getting through some timesheets or whatever but if it's something that you want to do then surround yourself in other people doing it and that'll make you want to do it given that sprint situation do you have a technique to spark action so like you use crazy eights sometimes yes you? I use crazy eights yeah yeah so crazy eights quick things happening yeah so you do eight sketches related to a topic yeah. in eight minutes uh-huh. yeah and because you've got that eight minute time box yeah. it almost forces you that you have to do it and you also tell yourself I'm allowed to fail this is allowed to be bad this is allowed to just go straight in the bin after I've done it but just the fact that I've done it is spark is getting me practice sketching yes practice idea generation and just getting pen to paper and just doing something having a mini success in the day exactly exactly that oh yeah that's another thing um putting something on your to-do list that's fairly easy to get done in like the first half of the day because that'll give you such a good boost and like success that you'll be able to carry on and that applies for later in the day as well if you can go down your to-do list and find at least one thing that you know you can do on there then that'll put you in such a good mood because maybe you're only thinking about the big impossible tasks um cameron was right about the smaller really small task to get the to get the ship moving get the ship sailing um so if you are doing for example product sketching um you wouldn't really want to sit down for ages trying trying to get one sketch right you'd be doing lots of small forms lots of small renders just to get something pumping just get your hand flowing and your ideas you know moving from your head to your yeah hand. yeah because um, it takes practice it's like warming yeah. up you wouldn't just go straight out and run it's an you'd, exercise yeah. yeah you'd like you'd warm up beforehand you'd maybe start at like a slower pace and then you'd like work your way up to a sprint and yeah. even then you might wear out and for some of the run you're gonna go back to a slower pace again think of it yeah think of it as a 
as yeah. a race. Like the, for the ideation session, so that's what we mean by sprint when we say ideation. It's pretty much a, a time where two or more people come together and just literally spitball ideas and processes. Mm-hmm. With an ideation session, a good way to get that energy up is to be on your feet for starters. Because yes. um, if you're sitting down, that means the... Get that energy the flowing. The blood is just like sat there going, you know what, let's just mellow it here, let's you mm-hmm. know, hotbox it. And as soon as you're on your feet, that it's all moving around your head, moving around your body. And if you just picks up the energy. So when I work on doing writing, I'll tend to time box it. Or maybe if I'm drawing, I'll time box it. And between time boxes, I'll do sport. So like I'll do things like sit-ups and push-ups. Just to get that blood pumping, ready to sit back down there and do another hour on coding or something like that. But in terms of the idea itself, where, where do you get an idea from? What is an idea? <sighs> Let's say you're a student. During the day, you're doing uni stuff or you're doing college stuff or PhD stuff in your case. Outside of that area, you want to make things. Mm. Where, where do you get the idea to make things? Where do you get the idea to start projects? So where do you get the idea to do a side hustle, as they say? I always stand by, get out there and talk to people. Get out there in the real world and see things that are going on and talk to real people that are doing real things. You know, some people say like, oh, you know, think of the things that get on your nerves every day. But there's something to be said for designing for other people and seeing other people's problems and talking to lots of diverse people and showing like your early inceptions of ideas or maybe like rough ideas of, I kind of want to do something in this kind of field. Most people are just willing to like give away ideas or things that they've been thinking about. And then you can amalgamate all this together and you can come up with loads of really fun interesting stuff uh, one path I took to come up with ideas was just to pretty much say yes to as much as I can <laughs> obviously to things that had good ROIs because I was t- we were talking about ROIs in episode one and if you don't know what ROI is that's return on investment most things I do now I ask myself what is the ROI return on investment of this thing I'm going to do today I came to record this podcast I was like is there going to be an ROI here? Is it going to be useful for anybody? I'm going to say yes, because hopefully by the end of this podcast, you'll at least get some insight or learn something new with it. So to me, that's a good ROI. I'll cut that one. I was <laughs> 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 like, Damn! What are you doing? Um, previously, I said yes to photography of it. If anybody wants to go filming, I'll always say yes, because it's opening my eyes to new environments, new people that we're recording. Or if you, I'll say yes if somebody said, oh, let's go to uh, Pembrokeshire for hiking. I'll be like, yeah, cool because I get to see the environment I get to have maybe some alone time with my thoughts but at the same time talk to somebody else that's new and um, experience somebody else's world which I can then extract problems with if they're not happy with for example their walking gear if they're just complaining about their shoes I'm like oh I went for a walk with that guy who invited me or with that girl who invited me and I noticed that they really hate their walking boots I should try help them out Mm-hmm. And that just came from me saying yes to just going for a hike. I didn't know that I'll be designing hiking boots, but I am now. Yeah, it's so true. You find ideas, or at least design ideas, come from solving problems or enhancing people's lives. And you can't do that sat at a desk. And you have to go out into the world, meet people. You've got the book there, get outside. Get outside. Oh, you haven't read it yet. No. Oh, you'll you, you know what I mean. Get outside the building is a very 
very, very important line. So okay. if you're going to be doing any kind of design... What book is this? The one that you've got on your table there. Yeah, but the they, they don't know that. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's called The Startup Owner's Manual by Steve Blank and Jeff. Bob. Bob. Darth. Darth. <laughs> Such a, what's his name? Doff. Bob Doff. Yeah, Blank, Steve Blank and, and Bob, Bob Doff. Um, there we go. Book yeah, recommendation what, what, of the week. Yeah, book recommendation. Oh, doesn't everybody start a startup though? So that's, that's that. Does it um, have any cool learnings for people that are not starting a startup? Yes, because it's got the business model canvas. And I think even because even though it's got the business title in it, it can, it's just a canvas for doing. That's what I'll call it. It's a doing canvas. Yeah. Because all the other elements inside the table, such as your value proposition, what are you giving the people, customer segment, who is it for, relationship, why the heck are they coming back, channels, how are they seeing it? Those are important factors for any kind of yeah. task that you want to be doing. Anyways. Yeah. I mean, a lot of a word that gets thrown around a lot these days is personal branding. Personal I think everyone, so as, a, as a person, whether you, even if you don't think of yourself as an entrepreneur, you certainly have a personal brand. You're CV, that's your personal brand. Mm. You know, what? what is, what's the business model of you trying to get a job? You know, think of it in that terms. But then I'm going to link, I'm going to do a real massive tangent back over to energy. Energy has kind of gone up with this uh, podcast right now because we're riffing. So if you've got like an idea, it's kind of good and helpful to find somebody else and try to riff with them. You two together can bring that energy up and then you can come up with really awesome stuff. I'm feeling so. a lot more pumped now because we, you, when you came over, we were like, oh, what are we going to talk about on the podcast today? And now it's kind of like really, really elevated the mood. Yeah, everything works in twos, threes and more. I yeah. want to stay by yourself. Go out there, get out in the world, meet say people, yes. say yes. yes. Create, share, do, guys. Create, share, do. Create, share, That's do. That's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. What about when, uh, when you ask for help with your projects, somebody gives an idea and you feel obliged to take on that idea. Has that happened with you? Oh, 100%. That's what, happened. What, what do you do when, when... Especially when those people are in like a more senior position or you, you see them as someone that's um, in a position of authority. Um, it's very easy to take on what they say and kind of just roll with what they say and replace it with even what you were trying to do. I've had it before with you know supervisors on projects or feedback I've had from users and you kind of just jump on that one opinion especially if you kind of like partly agree with it as well it's very easy to just jump ship and just completely change the course of your project because you based it on that piece of feedback mm-hmm. but at the same time it's very important to take it on analyze it when I say take it on I mean the feedback take the feedback on analyze it and make your own judgment if you're firm with your idea or if you're if you think your idea has power to it I would definitely back it back it up 100% I've had a few I so leading on from what I said I've had a few ideas where I have kind of squashed them in replacement for the ideas that have been given to me only to find out later that the idea I had would have been great if not better than what the other person um, gave me or maybe it might lead to you going down a path where you make something harder for yourself so some, mm. so I was building a prototype before um, I won't give too much details away 
Um, but it kept kind of like people kept like throwing ideas on top of it, on top of it. And I felt like I had to implement all these different ideas and it ended up making the prototype very, very complex. I ended up making the prototype, but I didn't test it with users as early as I'd like to because I kept adding so many features. And by the time I got to test it with the users, it was very hard to think of a good research question in the study because there were so many features to test. Yeah. Whereas I should have tested it as I went along as I might have originally planned. 200%, 200%. And don't forget, if you are taking on another idea, explore it, <laughs> explore it. Because if you, if you just run with it anyways, because don't forget, if your idea, you've got the why you're doing it, you've got the how you're doing it, you've got the, um, you've got the kind of branches of this tree, but if you just completely disregard and take on that um, take on the idea that somebody else gave you then you don't really have there's no kind of structure towards it it's kind of just like a floating ghost so yeah. if you were to go with that ghost idea and somebody was to ask you oh so why have you picked that you'd be like uh, because Jeffrey said it was good yeah and it would be like well Jeffrey isn't you so to bring this into kind of like the kind of the science field which I come from um, sort of look at the the weight of authority that person has behind them to say what they've said about your work so if they come along and they are generally an expert and they spend just as much time thinking about the project as much as you then certainly take on what they say um, quite heavily so like consider it obviously don't say completely switch but you maybe you could work out a way to bring it on board if someone comes along and you look at them and you think oh wait there's somebody that's only just thought of this idea in this 10 minute meeting we've had where i've showed them the prototype then completely reconsider because they're probably not spending as much time thinking about this as you um if it's a say it's your third year project so it's quite common probably for our listeners doing a third year project um and you're spending sort of every waking moment almost or most likely um on this project and you're considering all these different outcomes and if somebody comes along and just says something and especially if you're stuck in a rut it might seem like somebody's cast uh, a rope to you just to pull you out and say oh look there's this complete new way of doing it but stop consider that person might have come along and only looked at the project for 10 minutes they haven't considered all the ins and outs that you have um so you could be led down a darker path because they haven't got as much expertise on the project as you it's good to have obviously an extra pair of eyes to kind of open up your way of thinking but be careful not to be led astray i think is the best way to kind of sum it up it's also a good time to practice your your negotiation techniques um, especially if they're if they're I'll say higher power if they're like uh, your supervisor or your senior lecturer or something and they say they say to you oh you should change the design to something like this or you should change the paper to something more this orientated this is where you practice your negotiation and argument technique saying I think oh, it's this I think this will work better because of this that 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 and you stand your ground doesn't mean you be arrogant it just means you mm-hmm. also don't resent to, don't resent people like supervisors no, or co-workers when they do argue against you because that's only making you and them stronger in the idea going forward so if they raise questions and you raise questions the thing you need to make sure is you're interrogating the idea together because you want to make sure it's the best idea and them criticizing and you criticizing together is only going to make it stronger 100 100 so don't back down 
and don't go for the other person's idea, don't go for the lecturer's idea, don't go for the supervi supervisor's idea because they are a supervisor and because they seemingly know more. Go for it because you agree with them. And understand where they're and coming from. you understand from. where they're coming from. So I wouldn't give in to that at all because it's you, it's your project, it's your direction. And be wise about it. And here's a here's another little bit of advice. Um, if you're finding it hard to maybe argue your point across, um, maybe write a quick PowerPoint, maybe a couple of slides about the idea, and just say to them, "Or oh, could you just be quiet while I give the presentation, and then at you ask questions afterwards?" Because sometimes it's quite easy in a meeting for it to become a bit of a da 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 da, -da like back, back and, and forth. forth. Yeah. Uh, and maybe if you're maybe not a strong or willed character, um, you might might if you're more of an introvert than an extrovert um you might find those situations harder and stressful to get your point across in so just ask for like five minutes to just say oh look can i just get all my points across um people would totally people are totally going to be up for that so 100%, 100%. yeah they're not monsters it's no, 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 no you must think don't you in your head you're like yeah, yeah. they're gonna be horrible all yeah the time. yeah yeah really bad but once you get there some of them are understanding some of them aren't but at the same time it's never yeah. how it pans out Every, everyone wants the best ideas and Generally. everyone um the reason why people criticize ideas normally is because they want them to be better um, I think uh, when I first started um, doing research, um, somebody came, uh, my supervisor, my current supervisor, came back to me with my paper, and he was li it was littered in red pen, and he told me, "Don't worry, I've done this because it's good, and I want it to be better. If there was no pen on you, that means I don't care. That doesn't mean it's right. That means I wouldn't care about it." They challenge uh, you because they want you to be better. Exactly, exactly. I think that's a good. Good place to end it? Yeah. Yeah, okay. So, uh, as always, we want to hear from you on the usual channels. Uh, applique.co on Instagram. Co. <laughs> and then applique pretty much everywhere else. Um, and on those channels, let, let us know when you've worked on a project where you've kind of stuck to your guns until the end. You had a plan. You went straight through it. You were able to take on valuable feedback, but not let it completely overshadow your work. We'd love to hear your stories. Okay, so thank you for listening and we'll see you in the next episode, episode five. Peace out. Peace out. I forgot that we were, yeah, I forgot we were recording. Yeah, yeah.